Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Brian Coslow. Brian, are you ready to do this? Let's go. Let's go. Brian is an MBA, a CFP, a CPA, a CFF, a PFS. He's the principal of the Claris Group there in investment advisory practice. Excited to have you on. Brian, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me, George. Appreciate it. Um, so I am uh, almost 42 years old now, which sounds really old when I say it. But Super old. Yeah, feeling good. <laughs> Dealing in my prime, um, you know, as you said, I'm a, I'm a financial advisor, financial planner. I'm also a CPA, uh, father, husband, three kids, 14, 10, and three and a half, three and three quarters, she would correct me. Um, I, I love what I do. Uh, passionate about investing, financial planning, just uh, having a good time. Nice. Appreciate that. I can say that 42 is really old because I am 42, Brian. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> so... As as you are, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what CFF is. What is a CFF, Brian? Yeah, so CFF is certified in financial forensics. It's oh. a uh, designation that the AICPA puts out. And so, for about ten years or so, I've been doing uh, divorce work, divorce financial planning work, and sometimes it's forensic in nature. So, finding missing assets, tracing you know money that's been uh, hidden or moved around. Um, you know, unfortunately it's a reality. So I, I got that designation because I, I felt like I needed the knowledge and I wanted to separate myself from, you know, from other folks that were involved in, in divorce work. Yeah. I appreciate that. So was it a chicken or the egg? Were you, is, is it CPA first and then CFP or vice versa? Yeah. So that's a good question. Most people that I've encountered are CPAs first and then uh, certified financial planners second. I did it the other way. I got the CFP designation first and then the CPA designation a couple of years later. Um, the reason I did it, well, a couple of reasons. Number one, my father's a CPA, so I kind of always had this competitive thing where you know, I wanted, I wanted to do at least what he was doing. Um, but I also did it, again, to set myself apart. You know, In our business, there's, there's, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand financial advisors nationwide. Maybe there's 300,000 at this point. And so to set myself apart, I chose a, a path of thought leadership and uh, having credentials and designations after my name was one way for me to demonstrate that. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, to demonstrate it and then to actually do different work too, for sure. So uh, as, as in, and you're an MBA as well and, and, and the PFS, um, as, as you're looking at each client engagement, what is, how do you think that, that you're looking at things differently? Or, or, yeah, or, so, or, yeah. No, that's a great question. I, um, when I meet with a new prospective client for the first time, I try to convey our role is to, to pull everything together. And when I say everything, I mean it might be budgeting, it might be debt management, it might be investments, it might be a retirement plan, could be tax related, it might be estate planning. Um, there are very few people, in my opinion, who can speak intelligently about all of those areas. And so our role is to try to, to, to do just that, pull everything together and give our clients a comprehensive plan so that they can make really informed choices about their life. Um, very often things that you're going to do in your investment portfolio are going to have tax implications and vice versa. 
Um, so that's kind of that's the role we try to play. Um, investments are super fun to talk about, um, but really they're just a piece of the plan. You know, in, in many cases they're the execution of the plan. They're not the plan itself. So um, we try to we try to kind of reframe that conversation a bit, and uh, and you know it, it helps us to have all these different um, knowledge areas. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. And you said that you'd been doing divorce work for for the better part or more than a decade, and I saw on your LinkedIn that you're also, um, you also serve, I don't know if it's a volunteer role with, with the CASAS, you're an advocate for, for, for minors. Um, and that really jumped off the page. I'm sure that that is, that is really challenging work. I'm sure it's emotional work. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, a big part of what we do is also community related and, um, ends up being involvement with nonprofit organizations and CASA is one of them. Um, so CASA is court appointed special advocate. It's working with children who are in, um, foster system. It's not exactly called the foster system anymore, but for people listening, you know, that will, that will resonate. Um, so oftentimes these, these children are moved from home to home, from foster family to foster family. They have a different, uh, court appointed advocate. They have a different lawyer. They have, there's just people shuffling in and out of their lives. And the CASA program is intended to be the one constant. It's, um, you know, you have this person that is going to be there with you, you know, through everything that you're going through, just advocating on your behalf, uh, making sure you're getting what you need, um, you know, just, just being there for you. Yeah, that's yeah. obviously anybody that has kids, and we were all at one point kids, but we probably, mm-hmm. that, that that's a little more difficult to, for us to remember. Um, and certainly if we didn't go through um, the traumatic experience that a lot of those kids are going through. I just can't even, I'm, I'm grateful for people that, that take the time and the energy and the emotion, just the, all those resources to be dedicating towards that. So thank you. So you are, um, you're, you're, you're fascinating. I talk with people who are just investment advisors and I think that that's great, but you are obviously a very detailed, forensically motivated person. You understand the world of investing, but, uh, for lack of a better term, sounds like you have a big heart too, Brian. Try, you know, I, I'm tr- just trying to be a good example for my kids. And, uh, you know, when, when I first started in business, I thought, okay, let me get involved in the community or in some organizations to help me grow my business. And somewhere along the way, I, that's that script flipped, and I. Where I'm at now, uh, just trying to to give back. It's very rewarding. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'm also on the board of a couple of organizations. One is um, school related, so it's uh, the Manalapan English Town Regional School Foundation. A lot of fundraising, and you know, you get to meet people from all walks of life, different backgrounds. Some people are. You know, nonprofit is, is their life. Other people come from business or from education. And I just find that the, the sharing of ideas and, um, you know, just the passion for helping people is really invigorating. Yeah, I appreciate that. As, as, as investment tools, financial technology companies are proliferating, they're making things more available to people. Information is more readily, readily available than ever before. Um, how, 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 how are you thinking about that and how are the people that you're helping, uh, interacting with, I, I guess all the great and bad things that the internet is bringing to us? Yeah. It's, so it's, it's a gift and a curse, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that we try to, uh, advise our clients is to stay focused on the long term. 
And that's hard to do when you're checking your phone every five minutes to see what the stock price looks like or how your portfolio is doing. Um, so, you know, we use a lot of technology in our business. We use technology to help um, manage risk or to measure risk. We use technology for our financial planning. We use technology to evaluate uh, investments and portfolios. Uh, so that's the good stuff. Um, we also we see a lot of clients who come in from, let's say, a robo advisor um, where they're, you know, they're investing, but that's all. They're not getting any advice. They're not getting any plan. They're just throwing some money in an account and, and investing in a bunch of ETFs. So, you know, I guess it's better than doing nothing. Um, but in some ways, it's 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 deluding people into thinking that they're they really are on top of things and, and that they're they're set up for their future. So. Um, we try to leverage technology wherever possible, but we also caution people that this is a very, um, this is a human business, right? And every client situation is unique, and and so we try to, we try to bring that back to the surface so that people don't, um, you know, gloss over what's important. And what is important? So we think what's important is is getting to your goals, right? And so everything is is goal driven in our world. Uh, your goal might be a retirement age, it might be buying a home, it might be starting a business or a family, and so we want to work towards those things. And it's not really that hard if you take the emotion out of it. We know where you are today. If we can figure out where you want to go, we can create a path to get there, right? And we'll use investments, we'll use savings, we'll use budgeting, and all those things, but. Um, a lot of times the emotion gets in the way, and so people aren't able to see it for themselves. And that's that's where we add a lot of value, we think, um, just um, just kind of navigating that course for them or with them, um, you know, as part of the planning process. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that a lot of the time we either, uh, to your point, emotions get in the way or we just overthink and overcomplicate it. But it's really a lot of it is I'm here and I just want to, I need to think about and determine where it is that I want to go. And mm -hmm. I don't think that there's enough people that are just doing that step there. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Uh, you, you have to kind of sit and think about it. Um, you know, sometimes I ask people, what does retirement look like for you in your mind? And most people have never really stopped to think about it. Right. What do I want to do when <laughs> I retire? Right. We're just, we're so caught up in work and what we call accumulation mode, right? We need more, we, you know, we need to save for the future, but we, we don't really stop to visualize what the future is going to look like. Some people want to travel. Some people want to relocate. Some people will just want to sit on their porch and read a book. And, um, and all of those things are okay. We just need to have a plan to get you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are fewer moments, uh, and fewer and fewer because people are interested in grabbing those moments away from us due to our phones, right? Where mm -hmm. if I do have a moment where I'm, I'm not doing anything, my goodness, maybe I'm in line or maybe I'm early and somebody else is late where I could be just thinking. But now we fill that with just stuff, other other junk. Yeah, I, I've tried to start meditating as a way to um, just calm the mind a bit. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not doing it as consistently as I'd like, but on days when I do meditate, I find that uh, the rest of my day is a little bit easier. I sleep better. And I, I think it's just our minds are, are constantly going now. And it's like you said, we're, you know, we're standing online, we're on our phones, we're anywhere we are, we're on our phones, we're on the computer. Um, it's, uh, it, it, we need to carve out time to think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. So when when people think about financial advisory, financial planning, my 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 financial situation, um, do you think that people are overwhelmed by that? 
And I know that we've been talking about simplifying things, but that's really sort of what I'm interested in doing is helping people who are listening and they think, oh, that's a lot. I get I need to set goals. But walk me through sort of what what that planning process might look like or does look like. Yeah. So I do think a lot of people are overwhelmed by it. Um, People will often come to us uh, when they've they've kind of reached the point where they can't or they think they can't do it themselves anymore or it's an event has occurred like they've switched jobs or they had a child or you know something occurred in their family that you know that, that led them to need help um so you know if if it's event driven like that it can be overwhelming because it's sudden and you know you're in a position now where you've got to deal with circumstances that you didn't prepare for and you're not really sure how to tackle and so the first thing we try to do is let's just take an inventory of, of what's there like where are you today let's take a snapshot in time because that's your starting point, right? And then we do start that goals conversation. Like, what are we trying to achieve? You know, is it is it a retirement goal we're looking at? Is it something more interim, you know, in, in the shorter term? Um, and then let's just create a path to getting there. Um, you know, when you describe it like that, it, it sounds simple, but when you get into the nuts and bolts of it, there's a lot of detail, right? There's tax implications, there's cash flow considerations, a lot of people are, are carrying debt, whether it be student loans or credit card debt or mortgages or, you know, you know lots of different types of debt. Um, so we, we have to manage all of those things and we want to do it in a way that um, that's comfortable for whoever we're working with. Right. And everybody's a little bit different. Some people have a really risk tolerance. Some people are extremely uncomfortable with, you know, with volatility. Um, and so we have to we have to factor all those things in. And we recognize that a lot of people don't have the financial knowledge that we wish everybody had, right? So um, they don't teach a lot of this stuff in schools, right? That unfortunately, you know, finance is, is not something that's a, a core requirement. Economics, is, for most people, is not a core requirement. Even basic financial literacy, a lot of people are not, you know, don't have that, that as part of their arsenal. And so we have to kind of level the playing field and, and get people to a point where they understand key concepts and they can make decisions that are going to affect their future in a, in a meaningful way. Lots of moving parts. And I imagine that that is uh, one of the key reasons that you sort of talked about how this is a very human process and stripping out the emotions because all those things. It's hard to get started. And um, a lot of the time, to your point, it is some kind of an event. Somebody somebody was born. Somebody passed away. I got a new job. I left an old one. Got divorced. Who who knows that this is sort of a motivator which forces us in, in a lot of ways sometimes for sure to get started also difficult to to finish and 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 follow through on things right uh so as we're set as you're helping clients set goals for things how how are you counseling them on on goals is it a time horizon is it because it just needs to be doable right yeah. So that's the other thing. So once you set those goals, those become your new benchmarks, right? So instead of instead of trying to beat the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones or some other arbitrary index, we're now tracking against your plan, right? And if your plan is, I want to buy a home in five years, and we know you need a 6% annual return, and you're going to save X number of dollars per month to get there, well, then that's our new benchmark, right? We're gonna track against that to see how well you're doing. And, and we meet with our clients typically quarterly to review everything, so review our performance, review the plan, review what's going on in their life, things that may have changed. Uh, and then there's always external factors, inflation and taxes and all kinds of stuff like you know pandemics. So we have to 
you know, we, we have to just make sure that we're on the right track. And if not, let's adjust, right? So maybe we need a 6% rate of return and we only got five. So we have some decisions to make. Do we want to change the portfolio, perhaps take more risk to, to swing, you know, for higher rewards? Uh, or do we want to maybe push out the, the time frame a little bit? Maybe it's five and a half years now instead of five. But let's make those decisions together with data. And, uh, and so that's kind of how we, we use the goals as part of the overall process. Make decisions with data. That is an important part of it, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I also imagine that, that your most successful client relationships are those where client is, is engaged in this process. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, we can only do so much, right? It's, it's ultimately, it's their plan. Uh, it's their money. It's their goals. Um, we want to be right beside them as they go through this journey, but they have to want it. And sometimes, you know, if we work, let's say with a couple, sometimes one of them is really motivated and the other may be pushing back for whatever reason. And so sometimes we have to get to the root of that. You know, what, why the pushback? Is it fear? Is it uh, disagreement about the goals? Sometimes, you know, the people aren't always willing to communicate uh, in, in our meetings why they're pushing back. And so we try to get to that. We try to really get intimate with our clients. Um, and so, you know, unlike a lot of firms, we don't, we don't do anything model driven or, or cookie cutter. Everything is customized for each client we work with. Um, because like I said, everybody's circumstances are a little bit different. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> well, Brian, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? I've got two, if that's okay. Sure. Um, the first one is I, I see you've got a lot of books behind you. So, um, I'm, I'm going to say read, read is in my opinion, reading is a, uh, a cheat code for life. Uh, I tell my kids it's a superpower. Um, so I would say reading is absolutely uh, key to success. The other thing is, and this comes from a book that I just finished called uh, How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen, um, brilliant author, Harvard Business School professor. Um, he talks about this idea of having emergent and deliberate uh, plans at the same time. And what he means by that is, you know, have a path that you want to go on. Uh, have a goal, have have a, uh, let's say it's a career, have a career you think that you want to pursue, but always keep your eyes open for things that may come along that you weren't expecting, right? So emergent opportunities, um, things that may force you to pivot. Uh, sometimes those are the, the best opportunities, the ones that we weren't planning for. So you kind of have to have those two things going at the same time. Be deliberate, but keep your eyes open for unexpected opportunities. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. I think that reading is a superpower. I should do more of it, Brian. And uh, 100%, I think that that is great. Clayton Christensen, how will you measure your life? Keep doing what you're doing and focus on what you need to be focused on, but don't be so myopic that you're missing out on opportunities. I love it. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can people engage with you? Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate it being here. Uh, our website is clarisfinancial.com. It's C-L-A-R-U-S. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. My handle's at Coslo CPA. Um, love talking to people, so please reach out. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Brian your appreciation and share today's show with a friend that also appreciates good ideas. Go to clarisfinancial.com. C-L-A-R-U-S financial.com. Check out the great resources and find Brian on social media. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Brian. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.